0: This is the hardest part, where I just don't know how to do intros, yeah. ever. Um, what's up, guys? My name is Donovan Beck. Welcome back to the Tangents of Soul podcast. Today, I am joined by a fellow filmmaker, photographer, and creative storyteller, Hayden Trowbridge. With a life dedicated to the service of others, Hayden has continually pursued his love for video, photo creation, and broadcasting as an art form, as a way to encourage growth and passion in the youth. Today, I'm decided to chat with a fellow creative on the uphill, the sometimes uphill battle that is the art world. And youth in general. So Hayden, welcome to the show. Thank, thank you, you so much uh, for coming on. Of course. Just, just to like start <laughs> off and kick off the bat, what is your story? Who are you? Like I know like, I just give you a little intro, but yeah. you can tell the story, but you better than I can.
1: <clears throat> so you did a, uh, you did me justice, I guess you <laughs> could say. Uh, thank you for that. But yeah, my name is Hayden Trowbridge. Um, I'm just an ordinary kid. I'm 16, trying to find my way, going through. The things that most sixteen-year-olds go through, right. um, and uh, what you sort of said about the, the filmmaking and the p- picture taking and the broadcast, yes, I do that to some extent. But mm-hmm. it's that's like a, that's like sort of my bridge mm-hmm. to get to people. I'm not, you know, to the crazy extent that you go, you know, <laughs> hiking in mountains, yeah, you know, meeting with people doing photo shoots and right, stuff right. like that. Um, but it's just picking up a camera. It's not even mine. It's from my teacher that I just ran out of the classroom and going to football games and, and taking pictures and but that allows me to bridge the gap between like okay that awkward transition between hi nice to meet you and hey I have a camera let me take a picture <laughs> yeah, so I yeah, can say yeah, hi yeah, to you. yeah. Um, having a camera makes it so much easier to talk to people yeah, it's 100% like a,
0: yeah I fully I, and this is just like a funny story that I knew we were going to tangent into at some point um, it's always funny so Hayden still goes to my alma mater Saugus High School um, you are currently a Junior. junior, I keep forgetting that because he feels so much older. Um, <laughs> he's currently a junior, and it's the it's, beard that put you. It, off, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the it's a funny thing whenever I talk to people that we're mutual friends with, and they say that I have a legacy from Saugus High School, and I always laugh because I'm like, no, he's his own person. But when I was at Saugus, um, one of the things that I don't want to say got me on the map, but like people started to know me by was it definitely got you on the map was the fact that after like the first football game of junior year, I started bringing my camera to the football games and just taking photos. And I would edit them throughout the night and then post them up on on Twitter for free so that everybody had a memory lasting from that football game. And I did that for virtually every thing we had on campus for the following two years. So every football game, every basketball game every dance and granted it was hectic yeah. and oh my god <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was cool it was a thing of culture and people that I got to meet with um, it was now this sort of custom where people were like hey I really love your photos uh, something that I can remember my story by and everything like that um, after I graduated I was like oh cool They're like, someone will find something else and then, then it comes along Hayden yeah. camera in hand football game killing the game, doing it as well. And that's really cool, because I truly understand the point of, like, it's awkward just to walk up to yeah. somebody and to say hello. It's not as awkward to walk up with a camera. Yeah. Um, I asked this, um, as this away, what was the reasoning behind that? What made you want to do that?
1: Yeah, so, um, I, an interesting point that you said when people were talking about, hey, you have a legacy at, mm-hmm. um, at Saugus, you know, Hayden's coming behind yeah, you. Yeah. Is the first football game that I ever went to, they're like, oh my gosh, look at it, it's the next on the deck. I'm like, no, it's the first Hayden Trobridge." Trowbridge. I, I don't truth. know yeah, yeah. what you're talking about. Um, so, but I sort of have this, um, this social anxiety where I'm great talking in front of groups. Like you give me oh, a yeah. microphone and talk in front of groups. I could talk for hours 100%. about, you know, self-help and all yeah, this yeah. stuff. But as soon as I see someone sitting alone on a bench at lunch, I, my body physically cannot go up and approach that person. Mm-hmm. And so I made a new year's resolution at the beginning of the year is meet a new person every day, mm-hmm. whether that's someone at school or I can just go to the grocery store and say, Hey, I hope you have a great day at the, um, cash register and, mm-hmm. or the, whatever that is. I don't even know the real yeah, term yeah. word for it. Um, and, or the, the bag checker and just saying, Hey, how are you? And I hope you have a good day. Um, and it's sort of this mentality is as a society, it's like, that should be commonplace. That yeah. should be normal. It 100%. should be. Uh, we should walk past someone and say good morning if you don't even know them. Um, and so having to set a goal for yourself to meet someone new every day almost seems ridiculous in a society which is supposed to be so social. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have platforms called social media, yeah, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, um, even Anchor. Which, but it's we we have this idea that okay, social media makes us more social, mm-hmm. but does it really? Yeah. Like does, yeah, you can see other people's pictures and you can comment on them. But uh, is that what? Why are they posting that? Everybody has an intention behind something they're posting. That's why. I mean, last week I deleted Instagram because I looked at my phone usage. I was on my phone seven hours a day. That added up to almost. Oh gosh, let's do math real quick. Let's say let's say about fifty hours and on average every week. Mm -hmm. That's, two days worth, on my phone that I could be talking to people. Mm-hmm. So when you said what's my motive bef- behind t- picking up a camera? It's just to meet people. Yeah. And it gives me a reason to talk to people. Yeah, yeah. And so um obviously I was following in your footsteps, but I didn't want to be seen as the, like Donovan, oh, be- 100%. Donovan Beck. Donovan Beck's No one should. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I I see Donovan as um very highly I see I talk of him very highly to all my friends, to my family. But but what people don't understand is you know he had a reason and i i have a similar reason yeah, yeah. but i don't want to be the same oh, yeah, as yeah. you so um having sort of having sort of a platform mm-hmm. to meet people that's why yeah. um, i picked up a camera yeah and me. i
0: love that especially and we were definitely talking about mental health and everything because that's how we met originally um one of the first aspects of how we met was through a program on campus was students matter um and where i was doing a teaching seminar for one of the trainings um Mental health has been a big part of your life um, in many regards, especially as not only an artist, as a creative, but as as a student in general. um, As someone who's 16, you're witnessing this. I love to say it. It's this very big climaxing moment of mental health in your life where the decisions and the aspects, not in regards to school or anything else like that, The decisions and aspects and personal growth that you make at this time really set the precedent for how you develop for the rest of your life. Um, And I really like that you've been focusing a lot of your mental development on assisting others and finding happiness in others and community. What is the story of Hayden in regards to mental health and how it applies to his life today?
1: Yeah. Um, so me personally, I haven't gone through a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I hear these stories about people. I'm like, oh my gosh, like Mm -hmm. I, if I went through that, I would probably, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what, what I would do with myself. But, um, for me, mental health hasn't been a huge part of my life per se, um, with myself, but in others, oh my gosh. Um, through SSA and now my, uh, one of my new clubs bring change to mind, which I'm a co-founder of at Saugus, which is actually a statewide program in California and it's in a couple other States as well but it's about getting rid of the stigma of mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, uh, if you, if, for people that knew me last year, last year was probably the worst year of my life just because um, I was going through so much with sports and with school um, and with relationships and with friends. And so I thought it was the best idea that I was going through all this stuff. Okay, push away all my friends because that's that's maybe the reason why I'm going through this. But right, what right. I didn't realize is... Dude, you gotta love yourself first. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, 100%. You, you can only love others if you love yourself yeah, yeah. in its entirety. Yes, you can you can love, but you're never gonna like truly mm-hmm. love it. Um, that's, that's like one of, if I was to get a word tattooed on me, that could be like the biggest yeah, yeah, font. Yeah, yeah. It would just be love right across my torso. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, mental health tying into my life, mm-hmm. um, it's helping others because I see so many people go go through um, and everybody thinks mental health is bad oh, yeah. like it has this negative connotation towards it but you can have good mental health like it's that's that's a normal thing like me yeah, yeah. I have good mental health yeah yeah. The other <laughs> <head>. yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah right that's all over the place yeah, I, I wish... work
0: I work myself into the grave right <laughs> yeah right? that's great yeah uh, no, that's really cool you built a culture of empathy mm-hmm. around you um, I think that's one of the big things and I taught a lot of people um, even within SSA Um, Where I got the question often that was like, how do I deal with some, not deal with somebody, but how do I help somebody who I can't relate to their situation? I can't understand what it's like to do all this. Um, And I tell them, I'm like, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. Your life, especially a life driven by love, is not one where you have to be trying to fix other people's problems. You should be there to support them in their endeavors to fix their own. A culture of empathy is just purely focused on the ideal of I understand that you're feeling this way because I think I love it. Um, we have a mutual friend, a mutual person we know, Houston Craft, um, and one of his teachings is the, three, the four different emotions that you can feel. The simplest emotions, sad, glad, mad, and frad, afraid, um, and anybody can feel those emotions certain people they're feeling a way different version of it yeah. but in the end of it you're feeling a certain emotion and that's empathy that's a culture of empathy is being able to relate to those people in that way um, I love your idea of self-love and everything because that's been a really big focal point of me this past year um, one of my I keep quotes in my wallet just as reminders throughout the day and I love one of them um, that I was looking at recently that says it's a Confucian teaching that says and the master said, in a world, full of, a world full of love is a tea kettle with a lot of empty cups um, where there are so many aspects of love and everything around you. But until you have that sense within yourself, you're going to be an empty cup and you won't be able to fill anybody else. Yeah. And I think that's a really cool point that I've learned that you've been learning and everything else, um, especially with the fact of what you want to do as a pursuit in life. Um, which is storytelling and meeting people and meeting cultures. What was the aspect, um, that led you to wanting to do that? So we were discussing earlier before the podcast about how, what you want to do with your future. And that's like, what's your five year, 10 year plan or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, and you literally just flat out said, I want to travel and meet people. Um, and then learn their stories and be able to tell the stories that some people won't be able to share. Mm-hmm. What was the aspect that led you to that route? Um, I know that every artist kind of has this reasoning and I think they should have this reasoning behind what they do. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, um, compared to a lot of people, I wouldn't consider myself like an artist, mm-hmm. right? So I'm just, I just happened to fall into the AV program at yeah, school, yeah, right? Right. Um, and that led me into like, it took, sorry, go back, going back to your question. You're good, right? you're uh, Take your time. Go on to um, as as I've grown up, I've seen myself like grow up next to people. Mm-hmm. Um and I always like I grew up like people, it's like the two rows diverge into one. Some people like grew up in a straight line. Mm-hmm. I I grew up in the straight line and then all of a sudden it started to like go off, and then it like okay, veer back on course, mm-hmm. and then it went, went off a little, bit, yeah, yeah. it a little bit and then it breaked a little bit. And then it started speeding up. I'm like, okay, you're gonna get a ticket if you yeah, keep going yeah, too yeah. fast. <laughs> um and what I realized is that Um, being humble, um, and sort of short of not like putting myself up on a podium is I was, I was very different than a lot of kids. Like at at six or, um, or in sixth grade, I just remember I found myself in, in a classroom saying, okay, I don't, what am I like doing here? Mm -hmm. I started questioning my existence in like sixth grade and even earlier than that, like, okay, I, I obviously am a little different, Mm -hmm. um. People, like, they gravitate towards me, but then they're like, okay, no, that kid's weird. Let's mm-hmm. let's go to the other side of the playground. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in sixth grade, I found myself, like, I need to help people. So um, I, I was uh, transferred to Emblem Academy. It was, mm-hmm. like, the first uh, year that it got uh, bre- got bre- reintroduced into the um, school district. And so there was a um, program there called RAP, which is Regional Autism Program. And I was one of the first kids to go there and, and meet um, people um, who had autism, ranging from like in a wheelchair to they had the the functions where they were and um, they could talk and everything, but but they were so intelligent. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking that he's like, yeah, I know every single capital. I'm like, or uh, every single um, yeah, I guess capital of every single state. I'm like, oh, so, like, what's the um, capital of um, Montana? He's like, no, I mean, like, in the world. (laughs) He's like, so I can tell you the capital of Bangladesh or or, uh, of Mm -hmm. India or whatever it was. was high-functioning autism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that was my first sort of interaction with helping people, Mm -hmm. and that only led to um, in seventh and eighth grade, I was in the s s a program, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like it wasn't really anything big. It was like you go there, you eat candy at lunch for like w- once every three months, mm-hmm. and you know you talk about yourself. You never talked about the problems on campus because on every campus there's a problem, yeah, yeah. um and there' not just one, but there's multiple and so I always found myself lacking a purpose, mm-hmm. and so storytelling was i I like the word bridge because it sort of gets you over. Um, but it's, it's like a broken bridge. Storytelling mm-hmm. is a broken bridge that as you're, as you're crossing it, um, you have to find the pieces to put onto that bridge so that you can get across to the other side because right, right. you're going to meet a lot of broken people mm-hmm. and they're going to have a lot of broken bridges and it's, you have to comfort them and you have to do it in a way where you can help rebuild their bridge mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they see, okay, okay now it's time for me to mm-hmm. rebuild my bridge as well so it's like a collective effort. Storytelling isn't just a one-way thing. It's like you ask the questions. Yeah, it's yeah. like you have to be empathetic and help them over like overcome that fear of talking to you because mm-hmm. when someone's going through um a mental health thing it's like they're not going to be very um they're not going to want to talk to you mm-hmm. as um willingly. Yeah. So you have to sort of make them feel comfortable and then yeah. into that. But my sort of purpose is I've I'm I'm just different, but I'm not, I'm not afraid to acknowledge like the problems of our society and Mm -hmm. the problems of our world. Um, not to an extreme, but to the point where it's like, I see this, this, um, this separation of, um, of people. we we forget that we're, we're people Mm -hmm. like you and me. It's like, doesn't matter if you're you're white, you're black, you're mm-hmm. Christian, you're um, you're Catholic, you're Jewish, or um, if you're from this country, you're from that country, we are all still people, mm-hmm. and we all share the same um, motivation in life, and that's to live, mm-hmm. but to live with connection. Yeah, we, with without like you can put someone on an island by themselves with um, a huge mansion, whatever it is. And that person will die in five years because they lack that connection yeah. with someone. But you put someone on an island and then you bring another person on, they will have that connection, whether mansion or not, doesn't matter. They'll build that mansion together. Mm-hmm. right? They'll build that boat together. They'll sail to other islands to meet other people that have been placed there. Yeah. And then they'll make a society together that's all built, it's, it's built on the ideal of connection. And that's what... Sort of, I'm talking to you about, mm-hmm. and what I want to build with you is a society based on connection. Yeah, we, lack, we lack that social connection, and that's what I seek through storytelling. Yeah. Is just I want that human connection, because no matter what, I can flip through a name in a phone book and put my number, or put my finger on a random number, call that number, and say, hey, can I do a story on you? Mm-hmm. And that person will have a story. Mm-hmm. So I find that incredibly interesting, and just having a society that is built... On the idea of love connection and wanting to wanting to really just love and and connect and I think that's a beautiful thing that we lack yeah and that's what I searched to find
0: yeah and I was having a discussion with the uh, Tony who was on the other podcast earlier um, a couple weeks ago discussing that idea of. we always kind of talk about our differences and the things that we have different from one another um, and Rarely do we ever take a moment to step back and realize the similarity between everybody. Mm-hmm. The constant and normal need of just family, love, happiness, peace, everything like that. These super easy portions of our lives. Um, I love a story that um, I was going to share with you the other, a couple of days ago um, about when I was traveling to San Francisco doing some work um, and ended up uh, meeting a baker there. And it was funny because he had a bunch of different flags all hung up around his home um, of different locations, so different countries and things like that. And I asked him, why he have all these flags? He's like, because I'm a Jewish immigrant. Um, and I was like, okay, um, can I hear that story? Can I hear what, uh, everything that you've gone through? Um, and he was, I think he's 74, he was saying. So um, he was at the later half of World War II. Um, and his family went through all the World Wars back on in Germany, and he realized that a lot of his family was persecuted for being Jewish, um, and then he emigrated here um, as a asylum to the United States. And he said, "But the one thing I learned is that we are all people. Period. It's like a German can walk into my bakery, an American can walk into my bakery, a Jewish person can walk into my bakery. I'm still going to serve them bread. Um, and I love that ideal and that aspect of his life, where it was like." A life dedicated to others, mm-hmm. and a life dedicated to culture yeah. and it's, to people yeah, is some contribution. Yeah, is yeah, incredible. Is a very beautiful aspect of life and the things that you can do. Um, going on that topic, you are in this stage where there are a lot of decisions to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, just in regards to school alone. Um, as well as life in general. And we were talking earlier how busy it gets mm-hmm. and how crazy the aspects of everything can get at times. How do you keep yourself on track? And I know it's hard. <laughs> it's yeah, messy. sometimes. But even as someone who has like
1: a majority of free time in the world, yeah. um, it's hard. Yeah. Even sometimes I find myself falling off the tracks. Right, right. Um, but I don't, I sort of... It's sort of mandatory for me. Mm-hmm. If I don't show up to my, what I need to do, yeah, I yeah. kind of like get F's and B's and I yeah, never... Yeah. Then my future just But like, in the aspects of yeah. like
0: what you do, yeah, storytelling-wise mm-hmm. and people-wise, mm-hmm. um, even the goal of you meeting someone new every day, mm-hmm. I know there can be days that yeah. are hard, harder mm-hmm. than others where it's like, I just don't feel like communicating with other people yeah. today
1: or stuff like that. How do you yeah. keep on track with those aspects? Yeah, so... Every morning I wake up, mm-hmm. right, um, I used to, uh, the night before, I used to write a note mm-hmm. and keep it in my wallet, and I would give it to the person the next day, um, and I should probably start doing that again, so it gives me a reason, yeah, yeah. because if you don't have a reason to go out and meet people, you never will. Yeah. Um, like, you can set a goal, oh, I want to meet a new person every day, but how are you going to do that? Yeah, That's yeah. what's important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have a note in my pocket um, or in my wallet, and then I would go up to the person and say, hey, I just wanted to give this to you. I hope you have a great day and I see you around campus, Um, what's your name? Uh, and they would tell me their name, uh, I feel bad because I don't remember, like it's oh, yeah. so hard uh, um, just, to remember. There's, there's,
0: I really feel bad yeah. some days because it's like, especially with how my business grew, mm-hmm. um, not only between Saugets but all the other schools just, and everything <laughs> like that, I would be walking like at the mall or like just getting dinner with somebody and I'd have somebody come up to me and say like they really enjoy my photos or anything like that, and they would leave and be like yeah and it's over bad when with no what I get to yeah
1: like it, cause I'm on SNN at yeah, school which yeah. is our broadcast um, program and then I was at Wendy's one time and this oh, dude's yeah. like oh nice show today I'm like dude you work at Wendy's <laughs> like he's like oh no I go to Saga so I'm like oh okay what's your name and I don't remember his name yeah, of course yeah, yeah. but uh, it's just like dude you work at Wendy's <laughs> like how like, that was just so weird that's happened to me twice like mm-hmm. at uh, Lulu Lemon too oh, okay. I, I knew the girl that's I didn't nice. know her name but uh, I mean dude Lulu's great yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. go <going> <laughs> Ah, uh, dude, that the best pants ever, man. <laughs> right? Um But they're like, "Oh, you're on SNN, right?" I'm like, uh, "Yeah." yeah. Like, uh, I was doing a debate one time, and um, this girl used it against me. She's like, "So, um, you know, you're pretty famous around campus, right?" And I would consider you. I would consider you a Saugus celebrity. I'm like, "Dude, I'm just like, I'm taking the same classes as you are." Oh my but um, you know, getting to to meet people and staying on track and sort of focusing is. Um, I wake up every morning. I go to school, and uh, you know, then I go to baseball practice, and I go to go come home, do homework. Sometimes I'll go to my girlfriend's house and hang out. But though I I know that meeting someone is greater than myself, mm-hmm. and that's my purpose is yeah, to meet yeah. people. Makes I'm on sense. I'm on this. I know this. I'm on this earth to meet people and make a difference. Like my dad, ever since I was in, I can remember. It's every morning before I got out of the school or before I got out of the car to go to school is make a difference in someone's life today. Mm -hmm. Um, And hearing that from your dad, you're like, okay, whatever, I'm going to go to school. And then in ninth grade, I remember he said that to me, I was getting out of the car and my heart like sunk. And it it was like, what if I started to do that? Yeah. Like make a difference, whether that's just picking up a piece of trash off the ground and putting it in the trash can that mm-hmm. saves the janitor an extra ten minutes if one person or an extra hour if just every person on campus did that and they put their piece of the trash the janitor um, he might be out of a job let's say because <laughs> he wouldn't have to pick up any trash um, but that would save the janitor another hour that he maybe he could spend with his family yeah. or she could spend with his family mm-hmm. or with their family um, and so it's just this idea right. if I stay on track because I know that it's a greater that I have a greater purpose yeah that, um, I, I need to meet people or else I'm gonna su- like if I don't meet people, then I'm mm. gonna suffer because that human connection that yeah, I need. Yeah. It's it's when you have a human connection with your friends, it's very different than having it that human connection with someone that you never met. Mm-hmm. It's just saying hi to someone. Yeah. I I remember this is when I knew like I needed to do something. Um, I remember uh, walking um, in school past the math building, and I see this kid sitting down reading a book. And I said, and I, I've seen him around campus before. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Um, how are you? And he's like, I'm good. I'm like, oh, what are you reading? He's like, oh, I'm reading a a book on anxiety and depression. I'm like, oh, so like, are you interested in that? You want to be a common doctor? He's like, no, I was just diagnosed with um, depression, a severe depression and anxiety, and so I just wanted to understand it more. Yeah. And I was like, my mind just went, <laughs> like, oh my, I'm here sitting next to someone who I just thought was reading a like a Harry Potter book. Yeah, yeah. I mean that thing was like was thick. Um and then I you know, it just taking that one second to really just make that connection. Yeah. It was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like And that I- was
0: that was one of the first lessons that I taught you and everybody in SSA and that was like kind of my opening lesson when we had the training was a storyline that I had that was similar. Um and we're just gonna put his name out as Alan um, just to keep everything level um, but for me when I went to school I would get there an hour early for two reasons um, one because I just didn't want to deal with parking and two because I like to do laps around school just to like get the day started and everything like that but it became more a little bit later on in life when those laps became Pacific for a reason where I would walk around school and see if anybody else was there um, by themselves and so for about an entire semester, I would walk around school and I met one person. And again, we're just going to say his name was Alan. And I made a point, period, just to say hello. And that was it. I didn't need to say anything else. I didn't need to do anything else. I just said hello to him over and over again for an entire year, um, for an entire semester. Until one day, um, we get back from winter break and I say hello again. he says, hey, thank you for saying hi to me. And I started to just have a conversation with him and talk to him. And um, I was, like, hearing his story. He's like, yeah, most people don't like talking to me because I have a lisp. He couldn't speak correctly. He had a lisp from where he traveled from. He was raised from an Irish immigrant. Um, And I was like, this kid, I could be one of the only connections that this kid had because no one wants to talk to him because he can't, because he, quote, unquote, can't talk right. Yeah. And it was like, that's crazy. And that's, as a person who dedicated their life on helping others, that hit me really hard, like a train truck, where I was like, if I didn't, if I decided to come to school later, if I decided to just not worry about it or say it in my own way have my headphones in and not do anything, what could happen to that kid? Mm-hmm. Where could he be now? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really cool aspect that I'm glad that you found. And that's like the purpose aligned between it was I do it because I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and for anyone that's listening, I love people and I love creatives, people who are have a purpose and general passion who say that i do it because i need to it's not a selfish thing mm-hmm. um and i think that's the one big thing where a lot of people get off put a lot of people trying to pursue their passion or things like that where they feel like this kind of self-guilt and selfishness yeah. about what they're doing it's not a selfishness mm-hmm. it is an aspect of your life that says my life is purposeful mm-hmm. for this reason for service of others for creating community etc 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 because it needs to be yeah um and you take it upon yourself to do those things so Mm -hmm. to anyone who's listening do not ever take
1: that as a selfish act yeah Um, and what's also great is you don't have to be a creative an artist to go up to someone Mm -hmm. and say hey good morning hope you have a good Mm -hmm. day and walk past them the next day hey good morning i hope you have a great day yeah yeah and one time they might just stop you and say hey good morning i hope you have a great day day. and and it's like just giving a high five to someone. Mm-hmm. Um when they're coming out of school, that high five might mean the world yeah. to them. Um and this is actually I wanted to go on a, a tangents with Hayden real there quick. Yeah, go. go for um, it. Respected. I um I am a I am a man. That mm-hmm. that's who I I am a guy. Mm-hmm. And um I come into uh like conflict a lot with myself, um, where like I see like uh, cuz I'm I'm friends with um, a, a lot of girls just that's I don't know why it's just how my life has played out it's mm-hmm. not because like for any other reason um besides that like I've never been able to make friends with guys just because they're like so just like strong-headed and you know obviously besides you um and they don't like have this idea of empathy and girl's always like oh my gosh I wish I could find someone need like to be a manly man yeah <laughs> yeah exactly you need to be a man it's like <laughs> like no like um, my mom she uh, does energy practice mm-hmm. and um, there's something called uh, masculine energy and feminine energy and it's within everybody just some people some people hide it mm-hmm. and I, I embrace it so I understand like um, you know I I can be um, like a man if I need to be if I need to step up and um, and be like hey dude that's not that's not right um but i've never been able to connect with guys because they're just so um like focused on just being a dude mm-hmm. it's like and then and then girls are like oh i wish i could find someone like you it's like i'm sorry i mm-hmm. can, like i wish i could help you um uh, but it's for guys that are for guys that are listening if i could give you like one tip of advice is it's okay to be vulnerable Yeah. When I realized that oh my god like I can be like I used to be like very um Enclosed. Yeah, very like you would see me very like I would go and talk to people and I like you see me as a very social person. I'm a um only child um and which is very like odd. If you're an only child you're usually very like um introverted. Mm -hmm. Um and But what, like, people don't know is, like, I'm very social at school, but I never hung out with people at my house. Yeah, or, like, I never hung out with people outside of school. I would go mm-hmm. home, do homework, and just hang out at my house. I would never yeah, yeah. Um, meet other people. And, and so, like, for guys, it's okay to be vulnerable. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't make you not a man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it actually makes you more intimate and, and yeah. more authentic to, your, uh, yeah. to yourself.
0: We were talking
1: earlier about the
0: disconnection of the connection world that we have. The social media aspect and everything like that—that our world's so interconnected, but we're so separate from one another, because we've lost that acceptance of vulnerability and that acceptance of like the things and aspects of our lives that we can share with one another. Um, Especially for me, going through this past winter where I took a hiatus, um, I was—it was brought up to me by my parents and a lot of other people who are either older than me or a lot of my friends who are guys. They're like. You shared a lot in your letter to your fans and to people that you know about what you were going through. Whether it's the fact that I was just in a state of shock at t- 24-7. It's in a panic state of anxiety. Or crying in my room some days. And I was like, yeah, I shared a lot. Because I'm okay with sharing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay with understanding that being vulnerable being open being accepting of the other people around you and being willing enough to share the aspects of yourself with other people is a necessity for life Mm -hmm. Um, and I wanted to set a precedent of that of being vulnerable and being okay to be vulnerable Um, because in a world of such access to intimate connection Mm -hmm. the fact that we don't have it is really concerning Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I you pro you worded it better than I probably mm-hmm. can. Where it was just,
1: it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. Period. End of story. Do it. Don't be scared. Of yeah. It. If vulnerability is something like just like self love, and I I self love and vulnerability are kind of tied together. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're afraid to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. you will never have that self love because, in order to. To have self-love, you have to just be like, I'm okay with sharing. I'm okay with um, having someone else care for me. Mm-hmm. Like I was always the one like asking, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" Mm-hmm. And obviously, people said, "Hey, are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine." Mm-hmm. Until I realized last Maybe. year, I'm like, <laughs> "I'm not. I am not okay." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I and yeah, and you can only share so much with your parents. Yeah. Like I, my parents are the two people that I trust the most mm-hmm. in the world, and I share everything with them. Um, but it's so much different than having a friend, like talking yeah. to a friend and, and them being like, because your parents know everything about mm-hmm. you or at least they know everything mm-hmm. about you that you want them to know, right? Uh, but they still know everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was,
0: that was kind of the aspect behind like peer mentorship and the things that we did at Saugus where it was understanding that, yeah, there are just some things that you want to hear from somebody else mm-hmm. or that you want to hear from somebody that you know. Um, and that's perfectly okay. And There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that aspect of life. Um, I was going somewhere with this. Now my brain's just it up. <laughs> but, yeah, my brain's farted up. With everything that you've gone through, everything that you're going through still, um, just as some of my closing remarks, um, just because I need to get you to school. <laughs> I got plenty of talk on yeah, that yeah. one. Um, as these closing remarks you learned a lot of lessons at a very young age, um, for anybody. Um, I, I laugh because I always think about, like, I always am doing daily writings about people that I remember or things that I remember, um, just as a way to keep up with them. Um, and I laugh because you are at the age where I started my first business, um, which was the mind of soul and growing the aspects of what I do today. And I think about where I was three years ago when I was 16. I'm like, wow, this kid has got this shit figured out way more than <laughs> I did. Um, but I always think about the future. I always think about leaving a precedent behind me um, for other people to follow. Whether that's following in my footsteps or whether that's following in my mindset's footsteps of growth, development, peace, love, and happiness and everything that you do. I say this because you are getting older. Um, and I say this because there are people who are looking up to you from where you are. What is something that you want to share with those people? Um, whether it's about just a comment of saying, keep going or a lesson that you have that stuck with you through all of this. Mm-hmm. Um we were talking about passion, we were talking about purpose and everything like that. But what is an aspect of your life where
1: you're finding yourself wanting to make sure that people know? Mhm. Um I think what I want people to know most is that like you said, it's you need to think about the future because if you don't, then you're just going to be like okay, the future's here, um, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, but what you have to realize is that, one, you can't live in the past. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you do, then you're going to keep having the same habits. Um, but if you live too far in the future, then you're going to get caught up and then you're going to mm-hmm. forget um, now. Like in English, right now I'm learning about Transcendentalism. Yes. Um, it's blowing my mind. Oh, yeah. Um, but one thing that I realize is that I'm doing everything that the transcendentalists don't want me to do right and obviously i'm not going to do it to the extreme where i stay in um you know uh, stay in a cabin in the woods, the woods. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. two years or whatever it was um but it's you like you need to focus on the now you need to appreciate now I, my friend says a super cheesy thing like the past is the past the future is the pu- uh, future um the, pre- uh, the present is a gift or now is a gift that's yep. why it's called the present yep the um,
0: words of a wise old turtle. Yeah, that's really yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and so. It's just realizing that we we we're, we're all here for a reason. Whether you, um, whether you're sitting at, at, at by yourself at lunch, and you th- feel like you have nothing left to give, um, you you have to understand that you have a you have a purpose here, um, and hopefully, I'm able to meet people along the way and help them understand that they do have a purpose no, yeah. um, and you know I wish I could sit here and, and talk to every single one of you individually that are listening um, but unfortunately I can't so if I was to give you just one thing is um, it's okay to be vulnerable it really is um, as soon as I learned that I can be vulnerable mm-hmm. um, that's when I started to love myself a little bit by little bit and I love uh, I started loving the way that I dress and I started loving the connections that I was making yeah. I started Loving, you know, even I started loving the homework that I was doing because Mm -hmm. I knew that, um, it was going to get me to where I wanted. Obviously my future, but I was understanding that now that it was teaching me Mm -hmm. the lessons of hard work and, um, time, um, and plotting out your time. And so, um, that sort of also leads me to, um, I was talking with my mom this morning about, um, like the Me Too movement, Mm -hmm. right? Um, it's like we all see ourselves as the victim for some reason. Like everybody's doing something to us. It's like, oh, you punched me. You hurt mm-hmm. me. You did that to me. Well, what if we change that mentality to like, what are you doing for me? Yeah. Right? You punch me now. You leave a bruise on my arm. Um, and you, you, you taught me that I never want to hurt someone um, physically in yeah. my life. So like when you have kids, yeah. you're never going to lay a hand on them. And mm-hmm. you, that, they're doing that thing. For you, yeah, yeah, I just finished uh,
0: last month reading a book um, called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck um, by Mark Manson. Incredible book, full recommendations. Um, I talked about it on the podcast before, um, and one of the big, cop- big topics that he talks about is the difference between fault and responsibility. Um, anybody can be at fault for anything in your life, um, whether that's a breakup, whether that's a loss of a job, etc., etc., etc. Somebody can be at fault. It can be you. It can be somebody else. Only you are responsible. You have the responsibility. Um, and he worded in the terms of a breakup. Yes, someone might have cheated on you. Someone might have done this to you. Um, and just a disclaimer in regards to the Me Too movement everything like that. and no way are we... Yeah, we're not talking <laughs> about that. I <laughs> don't we, want to get into are that. We not, are we not uh, condoling the things that are happening? Yeah. Um, but he talks about in terms of a breakup or anything like that, they could be at fault but you are responsible for how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we get in like, especially following breakups, because it's okay to be sad and be hurt after yeah. a breakup. Um, but we get into this constant rut of, they did, this to, me, they did mm-hmm. this to me, they did this to me, and this is why I feel this way. No, you feel this way because you're choosing to feel this way. Yeah. Um. And you're not helping yourself develop or grow outside of it. They may be at fault, but you're responsible. Mm-hmm. And I like that aspect of
1: what you're saying
0: about having that change in mindset.
1: Yeah. And it's it's also very interesting, um, like, like I was talking about guys earlier is mm-hmm. like, we, we are afraid to like be vulnerable, but also like, we're afraid to take responsibility. Like, oh. let's say it was our fault for the yeah. breakup. We're always going to try and like point the finger yeah. or point it at anything else. It's like, if, if a guy understood to be like, okay, I was at fault for that. Maybe I shouldn't have um said that to you. Like, mm-hmm. Just so you guys know, a girl's like scorn is the <laughs> worst thing in the entire world. I just want you, you guys, to know that, and you yeah, girls yeah. know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as you call your girlfriend or any any person in general, if you call someone like a name out of anger, um, and it's like the like again two roads diverge into one. You can either go down the road where you say, you know, I understand that you went to that um, that party and I didn't want you to, um, and you and you lied to me about it okay, I understand, let's let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Or you can go down and say, you mother beep, 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 beep. And then, you know, you get over it, right? You communicate about it, you're like, oh, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Three months later, you're going to be sitting on a couch, right? Mm-hmm. Watching TV, she's going to pause that TV, <laughs> and she's going to be like, I cannot believe you called me the beep, 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 right? And then, then, then that's going to be an even worse mm-hmm. part. So you have... Hayden's girlfriends is laughing at this podcast yeah right I'll, I'll show her and she's gonna be like she's, she's like you giving away all my secrets right um, but uh gosh and something about my girlfriend oh my god she has changed my life yeah uh, you know you it's okay to like be by your, like be single and right it's that's okay guys it's okay to be single right it saves you a lot of money <laughs> right you don't have to go and buy food what's great about us is like she buys all her stuff I'm like hey go ahead hey, right taking um, yourself a great yeah comes talking to your yeah. girlfriend later today <laughs> but uh but basically it's like having someone else in your life whether it's a girlfriend or just a best friend because mm-hmm. that's something that I lacked growing up was a best friend I never had someone that mm-hmm. I could just go to their house and have a sleepover or like uh, I guess just hang out with mm-hmm. And so having, a like, a significant other, a, just a really good friend, mm-hmm. that adds so much to your life because it teaches yeah. you, one, how to manage your time, mm-hmm. but two, it teaches you to invest. And something interesting that my mom brought up, she's like, no matter um, how many, let's say, relationships you've been in, which it hasn't been many, she's like, you invest everything into it. Like, you, uh, for, for instance, with my current girlfriend, I spent... Um, a month, every single day, I wrote something about her. And then the day that I asked her to be my girlfriend, I gave her all those notes. And it was like a stack of five papers front and back, like, um, like with 30 days on it or something. Cool. And it was, my mom's like, "How do you, like? why do you take so much time? Um, and I said, it's because I'm not afraid to get hurt. I know going into a relationship, hey, this might not last for 70 uh-huh. years. It might even last for a month but for that month i'm going to give every single bit of my like soul that. and every single bit of my love to you mm-hmm. because even if it's not even if it's not because i love you yet it's just because you're another person that i'm dedicating my time to mm-hmm. and i'm going to give you every single bit of myself mm-hmm. and so that that doesn't matter i'm gonna, i know i'm going to get my heart broken at some point <laughs> i'm not i'm not blind to that mm. fact but if i'm scared to get heartbroken i'm never going to give and i'm never going to invest in a relationship yeah, yeah. and that's just going to lead to Um, this this, like separate excuse me that like that's not that then you're not gonna have any intimacy or authenticity in that relationship so it's you're gonna get heartbroken it's okay to be sad um, after that heartbreak but the next one you can't be going in thinking oh I'm not gonna give everything um, because the last girl broke my heart Mm -hmm. you have to go in yeah giving every single bit in every single relationship Mm -hmm. whether um. Every every morning before I leave my house, I tell my parents I love them because I never know that if I'm going to. Yeah. I mean, it's a bad way to look at it. Um. It's like I'm. I may never see them again. Right. But I. I still. Every morning before I leave, whether I just got in an argument with my mom, or if I just got into an argument with my dad, it's hey dad, I love you. Um. And I'll see you later tonight. Or hey mom, I love you. Um. Have a good day at work. Mm-hmm. Um. And with friends, they think it's so weird that I say like hey, you know I, I love you. Have a good day. It's like. They like like Houston Craft, There's f- like five different types of love. It's like mm-hmm. agape. I don't know the other one. I know so, agape. Yeah, it's
0: four. Uh, so storge, agape, eros, and philia. Yeah. Um, the three, the four different types of love that the Greek language has, mm-hmm. and they're all descriptions of different things. Yeah,
1: it's like we have one term in our society for mm-hmm. love. It's like, oh, I love this hot dog yeah, right yeah. now, and or, I love my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's I, like, like it. I love my girlfriend. It's, it's like, like, all I hope, these. Sour I patch- hope I
0: hope they're not in the same regard. Yeah, so. yeah.
1: Um, and so, but to, and. If you guys have time to look them up, look up the four Greek meanings of of love. And when I heard that lecture by Houston Craft, that made me realize, like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. like, I one, I need to start loving more. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but also there's different types of love. Like, there's familial love. There's um, intimacy and love. And then there's um love unconditional love, which is agape, and I love that word mm-hmm. because it's love. No matter if you've met that person or if you just got an argument mm-hmm. in that person. It's still a person in this world that you share connection with, and you have to love them unconditionally.
0: It's unconditional love in the aspect of, especially in our society, love is very conditional. Um, I'm going to love you as long as I feel like it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to love you, and I'm going to appreciate you, and agree with you as long as... You don't believe in this. Only on one day when I get you flowers yeah, on the February yeah.
1: 14th. I hate <laughs> I hate Valentine's Day. Oh my gosh, I cannot yeah. tell you how much. And so it's, uh,
0: agape is that aspect of just pure, unconditional love with no boundaries, no wants. It's the only love that's giving um, in the aspect that Houston Craft teaches. It's the only love that's giving. Um, yeah. Thank you, yeah, uh, of Hayden. I really appreciate this. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate thank the you. conversation that we've gotten to have today. Um, I wish you the best. Thank you. For everyone to be able to keep up with Hayden, all of his links and everything are going to be down in the show notes below. Um, yeah. Thank you. Hey, thank you. This was the Mind Soul podcast. I hope everyone has a great day. As always, peace, love, and happiness and everything you need to do, and much love.
1: You're loved. I promise. <laughs> I promise you are loved. Sounds good.